Welcome back to Slightly Underwhelming, the podcast that wants to be formal, but is really just here to party. I'm Tara Wilson, and we have a great show for you today. Stopping by the studio is Kaylin Gray and Davida Boran to talk about ODI and the Unity Gala taking place on February 29th. Cue intro. Kaylin, Davida, do you want to introduce yourselves, kind of what your majors are, what you're studying, and kind of what you're involved in on campus? Uh, hi, I'm Davida. I'm a senior psychology major. Um, I'm president of BSU. I work at the Office of Diversity and Inclusion, and I run track. I'm Kaylin Gray. I'm a finance uh, major, senior. I am the co-president of Men of Color. I also am a peer mentor at ODI, where I've been working for four years. And Hannah, the director of ODI, was just telling me today that you're the person who's worked there the longest yeah, out of pretty yeah. much anyone else, right? Yeah, I've been there since my first year, uh, probably about a week after what was formerly Milana, which is now mm -hmm. Impact, mm -hmm. ended. I got a job offer from the then director. So it's been cool, man. Like, I've seen people come and go, students, faculty, staff. I feel like an old man there. No, he did. <laughs> Does your job, so did your job when you started freshman year look a lot different than what you do now, or is it pretty much the same? Totally, it's completely different. So the first year we worked there, uh, the then director, Greta Franklin, she gave everybody that worked there a month to plan out. So I had February, um, mm -hmm. I basically planned out all of the Black History Month programming, and that was stressful, because I had to lead committees and like get faculty and staff and students on board as a first year. So. You know, it gave me good leadership experience and gave me um, a ton of ideas as far as like how to approach people on this campus. So mm -hmm. coming like now, fast forward, and you know, we are more on a student first idea. So we have like the peer mentoring program. Um, we got like people who MC house volunteers. We have some students lead like safe zone workshops, things mm -hmm. of that nature. So it's a lot of like peer to peer work instead of, you know, programming. So it's a completely different role at this point. So do you like that peer-to-peer -peer more? Did you like the programming more? Like, which do you think had a better impact on students? Um, honestly, I liked both. If you could, if there was a possibility to find, like, a balance between, like, programming and actually reaching out to students, that would be great. Um, I think for a lot of students at this school, we are a lot of, like, social sciences and liberal arts, so a lot of the planning and the programming is going to be useful after school so if we could just introduce that to students earlier in their careers here a lot of people would be used to speaking on cameras and microphones and in front of people instead of you know getting in front of class and you're nervous every time you have a presentation so but I also think you have to be able to you know communicate with your peers and be able to reach people one-on-one -on -one before you can even you know set up programs. So then with how much like ODI has changed in the last four years for someone that doesn't know the office a lot Mm -hmm. Could you, how would you describe it? So my description of the Office of Diversity and Inclusion is pretty much open to anyone and everyone. So we're here to support students who may feel like they're marginalized or they're put in like certain boxes that don't fit the, the normal Wesleyan's campus. So um, whatever your identity is, we support it. You could be white, you could be black, you could be heterosexual, you could be homosexual, whatever you are. 
we're accepting of you and we're going to support you. So um, for me, that was kind of like a way to meet new people on campus is just being in the office. You're going to see a ton of faces and they're going to be familiar. So that's kind of a hub for students, too. So even if you don't need that kind of like support, you got the social aspect of the office. Would you agree, Davida? Oh, yeah, I would definitely agree. Um, I look at ODI as our safe space. So whoever comes in there automatically feels comfortable, like they're not like shunned away or anything. They enjoy the space and anybody is welcome. There's snacks, randomly though. <laughs> randomly we have snacks and that that's just like an add-on, but I really enjoy being an ODI and working there. It's probably been my best job on campus. So when did you first get involved? Was it also your freshman year? No, I started working in ODI my junior year, so just last year. Oh wow. Yeah. So. Um, it's been a different experience because I came from working at Buck, just a plain desk job. Mm -hmm. So actually getting active on campus and being involved in stuff that you never thought you would be involved in is something different for me. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned that you were the president of BSU, right? Yes. So were you the president of BSU before you got involved with ODI or was that after? So I just became president this year, but I've been involved with BSU since my sophomore, my sophomore year and I've been on the exec since my sophomore year. So being able to connect with ODI, it was definitely a beneficial thing for BSU, just because it gave us more audience, it gave us a better like broadcasting thing, so we can get more people to come, more people to join. It was, it was a good experience to add both things together. And the BSU banquet just happened, right? Yes. So is it, I don't know when it is BSU week happening now? Was it last week? So BSU it... week was last week. We okay. usually try to do it in February for Black History Month, of course. The BSU banquet is always on a Sunday, so it varies on who the president is and when they want it, but BSU week is always in February. So what did you do for the week? Ooh, okay. <laughs> um, we sold crushes. So it's usually we've done the BSU week around Valentine's Day, so an add-on would be we do a buy a crush for your crush. Um, we did sip and paint. We always do a sip and paint. Um, what did we do? We did a game night. We did the banquet. We did a spa night so people can be like revised. And then we did a movie night. So those were the mini events that we did. It was pretty good. I enjoyed all of them. That must have been crazy having that much programming at once. Oh my gosh. <laughs> last week, this week is my revival week. I feel like I died last week. I was so busy. <laughs> and I was wondering, how, do you know how those candy crushes got delivered? We delivered them. Because I got four at my door and yep. two, <laughs> yep. two of them were not for me. Yep. I don't know who did that one, but we delivered them all for a price of a dollar, just a dollar. So this could be a question for both of you. What do you wish like more students here knew about either ODI or just diversity in general? I would say specifically about ODI that the programming and the office itself is open to everyone. So a lot of the misconceptions that I've heard revolve around like, oh, I thought this was only for like people of color or or people who feel marginalized but like everything we do is for the campus um, and I think that with having that notion out there that this is for everyone the programs will be supported a lot more um, a lot of the offices endeavors will be supported a lot more I think the students who participate in those activities will feel supported a lot more um, and it would create the you know the camaraderie that we think we have on campus um, so I like to say, like, we have the diversity. We don't have the inclusion. For me, it's been kind of like 
I know when I'm in there, I try to make people feel like they're welcome. I try to make people feel comfortable. Um, I definitely agree with that, with everything. Um, one thing I wish people did know, that ODI is not the place where you learn about diversity. Mm-hmm. So it's for diversity and it advocates for diversity and inclusion. But everything doesn't have to be ODI has to teach. Mm-hmm. So there's right. a misconception of ODI is automatically diversity. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we don't host some of these things. We don't know about some of these things. So I just hope that people know that, like, you can learn diversity in other places besides ODI. Yes, we house it, but there's other places to learn from it, from, like, different RSOs and organizations on the campus. Yeah, that's facts, because I feel like in my four years of working here, it seemed like on the staff level, the diversity and inclusion um, programming and tactics and how to, like, reach students has been put on two people, and that's the staff members of that office at the time. And if you've noticed, there's been three different directors Mm -hmm. in the last four or five years, and that says a lot. So if we're going to actually, like, prioritize diversity and inclusion, we need to support that office and maybe expand, you know, the amount of staff support that's in that office because having two people, you know, control the diversity and inclusion programming for almost 2,000 students does not add up. So um, put your money where your mouth is. So kind of moving along the same vein of like the inclusion portion of it, can you talk a little bit about Unity Gala coming up? Mm. Let me talk first. Oh, well basically, this is the third annual event. Um, Unity Gala is basically a chance for people of Wesleyan, the entire community and people outside of it to come together and, you know, celebrate everyone's differences and make sure that people feel like Wesleyan is a home to everyone. So um, you get to dress up, you know, if you're of age, have some drinks. I think this year it's unlimited bar. It wasn't last year. So, you know, put your best clothes on. Don't get too wasted. Yeah. It's at Hanson this year, February 29th. That's a Saturday from 7 to 12. So, you know, bring a friend. Um, don't get too wasted again. <laughs> People <laughs> have to reserve a spot on. in advance, right? Yeah. RSVP. So if you haven't mm-hmm. already, um, check your emails. Check ODI's uh, website page on Wesleyan's, uh, whatever you call that. I'm not a tech guy. Yeah. Um, shout out to Jessica Shalom and ooh, Walter. They were the one who initiated who initiated what Unity Gala was. So they wanted mm-hmm. to just bring everybody closer when it comes to the campus because they seen that like inclusion is not a big thing on campus. So this was just a thing because you know everybody likes parties, dances, and things. So being able to come together and dress up it was just a great idea so they like talked about it on the very first one they talked about how it came together and how they got the idea so shout out to them for just starting this very nice dance i'm gonna call it a dance Mm -hmm. (laughs) how would you describe like the vibe of the event when you're there i i honestly just love it it's it's a very inviting vibe like it's not something where you're like oh i'm gonna sit back like you're automatically like drawn into the middle. Mm-hmm. Like you wanna dance, you wanna have fun. And you can dance with like random people and be okay with it. Mm-hmm. You're just like, oh, he's dancing, okay, I'm gonna dance with him. It's very fun. And I liked Hanson better than the young man because say if you do get tired dancing, your feet hurt from wearing heels, your shoes are too tight, you can go upstairs, you could take a chance to chill, sit down, but you can still see everyone. So mm-hmm. you can still like enjoy the vibe of the Indiella from upstairs, even being separated. Yeah, I would say it's uh, 
very comfortable. So for me, the first year, you know, you get to see a lot of your faculty and staff members there in their best dress. They got their drink in hand. They're a lot more loose and friendly and laughing and giddy. Um, it's definitely a warmer environment than the usual, you know, bureaucratic Wesleyan campus. So mm-hmm. um, I definitely encourage everyone out there to come. For people who are listening to this podcast, there's a beautiful poster board up in ODI, and one of the pictures is Kaylin just smiling <laughs> so big. Yeah, brace face at the time. <laughs> it's a wonderful picture. I love it. Thank you. So then underneath talking about the Unity Gal a little bit, what are your guys' opinions on school dances in general? What level of school dance are we talking about? That's the question. Mm. Well, I think here kind of, for me, when I think school dances, I think like high school proms and homecomings, which is forever ago for us as seniors, or at least it feels like forever ago. So for me, I went to prom like four or five times. Yeah. Really? So I went to prom twice my junior year, and I went to like two. No, I went, yeah, two my senior year. And it just got to the point where it was like, I don't want to go anymore. But I looked cute. And it was, <laughs> as a senior, it's like, I didn't go with my friends my junior year, so my senior year it was like, okay, I have to go because my friends are going. Mm-hmm. But it just seems repetitive. So at that point, I was like, I don't want to go anymore. So yeah, high school dances, they were cool because the lights are off and you actually get to have fun and you get to run around and you get to be just energetic. So I enjoyed those type of parties, yeah. high school parties way better. Me personally, I didn't care. I went to homecoming and prom because I felt like I had to. Uh, so I was just like, I don't dance, I'm introverted, so I just sit in the back and crack jokes. I might go to the dance floor for like five minutes and then I'm back to the back with my water or whatever is the drink of choice. Um, that's it, like, I don't care that much. Do you have any <laughs> good dance moves? If someone were to drag um, you out, <laughs> to be saying no. <laughs> She's hating, but you know, when I'm at home, I'm a dancer. Tell I don't me, dance you. in public. Nah, you gotta pay me for that. I'm a choreographer. So, yeah. I hope to see one at Unity Gala. No, nah, you probably won't. <laughs> Just one. <laughs> no. It's okay, he will. Don't worry about it. I probably will. I'm lying. <laughs> but you're a dancer, Davida, right? Uh huh. like to dance? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually do enjoy dancing. That would actually be if I could pick a career. That would be a career that I would like to do. Like, going to professional dancing and get paid for it? Wow. That would be amazing, actually. Okay. So, getting back into it. So, I've been seeing some posters about SEP recently. Could you talk a little bit about, like, what that program is? And I think since you said you were involved in it, Davida, a little bit about what your experience with it was like. Um, so, the SEP stands for the Summer Enrichment Program. And so, the Summer Enrichment Program is for... Um, students of color and marginalized students on campus just to give them opportunity to understand what in uh, what a what an internship is or just have the opportunity to get an internship because when students go home like students of color they don't have the experience or the idea to go out and be like oh internship so this is a way for them to be like oh I have an opportunity to get it someone is helping me someone is showing me so basically you stay here from so it starts in June and the last day is like the second day of August. And so basically you learn professional skills, you learn like about Black Lives Matter, um, LGBTQ community, um, Microsoft skills. They just teach you a lot of professional skills and things you wouldn't normally get taught at an internship. So these are on Thursday, so you meet every Thursday with your cohort and you get the cultural experience of 
going out and trying new food throughout mm-hmm. Bloomington Normal. Um, at, you get paid bi-weekly from your internship. You get to pick your internship, so they give you a list, and you can pick from the list, but if you don't see anything that matches your ideal work experience, you can find something in the community, and they will let you know if they are willing to pair with them, so you can do an internship there. You also get a food stipend, so that's the week you don't get paid, you get a food stipend the next week. And then um, at the end, when you finish and you graduate, you get a $1,000 scholarship that goes towards your education. Um, You take a trip. You guys get to pick the trip, I believe, where you go, and that's right after August 2nd. I personally like it. You also work with a graduate assistant, whoever they hire. I think it's a great experience because before doing SEP, I never had an internship or I didn't think about doing an internship. So just having that experience and doing something I wanted to do instead of being put in an internship where they're like, do whatever I say, (laughs) it's like, that's really fun. And you get to meet new people that you would never like actually talk to or hang out with. Mm -hmm. And so you make new friends. Like I made like a whole bunch of new friends throughout the SEP thing. So I think it's a great experience. What was the best restaurant you got to try when you were here? So I never tried Thai House before then. Oh, before okay. Yes, before then. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. Thai House is very yes. important to me. Yes. <laughs> so my first time trying Thai House, I actually really enjoyed it. And then there's this place called The Rock. Oh my gosh. The Greek place. Yeah. Yes, it was cool. amazing. I really loved it. Really loved it. Their falafel is wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> so then our last question on like ODI diversity stuff is how could people on this campus be better allies? I feel like you could be a better ally through um, just simple support. Like, students are always putting on programs. Students are always hosting events. Show up. And I feel like when ODI has programs or different events on campus, don't come just because your professor's giving you extra credit. Grow because you want to learn. Go because you want to actually, like, put the effort forth to learn something about someone that's not like yourself. So. I think Wesleyan is real clicky, and it's a lot easier to, like, fall into your own little bubble than it would be somewhere else because it's so small, and you're going to be, like, attached to those that are around you. But if you want to meet new people, if you want to learn about new people, you should get outside. Um, Another thing I think people could do to be better allies sometimes is just shut up. Listen, like, you want to learn about people's experiences, let them talk. Let them, you know, Mm -hmm. represent themselves. So a lot of times I feel like, certain people who don't have the credentials or the background to, you know, I guess explain other people's, you know, backgrounds mm-hmm. should just be quiet. Um, yeah, I agree with that, but the way that I think people can be better allies is educate yourself. So people try to have the other person educate them and tell them like what they need to know, who they need to be, Educate yourself. Take the steps to learn things on your own so you're not uneducated, so you're not ignorant when it comes to trying to be an ally. It is very offensive when you come up to someone and, like, why does your black lives matter? What is LGBTQ plus? Like, is it really that bad? Like, <laughs> that's, it's very offensive. And then you get mad at us and it's like, I don't have to educate you. I wasn't born to educate you when mm-hmm. there's limited internet access. Unlimited. Un- unlimited inter- right. internet access. It's Maybe easy. limited at Wesleyan, but true. that is very true. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, just just being able to educate yourself. <clears throat> and another thing is like taking action. 
if you say you're going to be an ally, do the work behind it. Don't say, oh, I support you, but you're never there or you're never mm-hmm. putting forth the effort. You're not an ally then. You just like the image or you like the sound of what it could be. Do the action. Be the action. Be the person. So as a transition kind of from talking about uh, Wesleyan stuff to more personal stuff, could you talk a little bit about like how you think you've grown since you came to Wesleyan? It doesn't have to be super intense. (laughs) I can go first. Um, Man, Wesleyan has changed me tremendously, and it's not even funny. Even in me being a social butterfly, Wesleyan has taught me to be a better social butterfly, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So instead of putting my socialness just to be, like, social, it is been able to change my socialness into like action and being a part of things and actually putting forth the effort to do things. Ooh, Wesleyan, wow. Wesleyan is crazy. This has really <laughs> been a different experience for me. Coming from um, a background where you're all of, of the same in the majority to coming to the minority is a different experience. So it makes you learn how to talk, how to walk, how to be you, really, how to be a different you. I've grown as a person and developed as a mature adult from my immature self, but still have immature tendencies, if that makes sense. (laughs) But yeah, Mm -hmm. it helped me a lot. Yeah, I could say the same. Like, I'm coming from a high school or a district rather that's like 50% Hispanic and then I would say like 48% black and then the other 2% is other. So in the same sense as DeVita, like I'm coming from where I, I make up a great portion of the population. So. When I got to Wesleyan, I was like, man, like, it's a lot of white people, bro. And <laughs> even though it was less than 2,000 people, it still makes you feel like a small speck on this white piece of paper. And, you know, you walk around, you say hi to people that you see, that you meet in orientation, and they act like they don't remember you. And it, it's humbling. It makes you really evaluate, like, the value of relationships. And I think that's probably been the, the best lesson I've had at Wesleyan is, like, where do you put your time and your energy into as far as people go? And when you do do that, are they reciprocating? Um, I think like a lot of what I've done as far as like relationship building and my leadership experiences have revolved around people most. So I think like you could do all the programs you want. You could do, you know, all of the different incentives to get people there. But if you don't make a real like impact on people, you're not gonna do anything at all. So for me, like that was probably my biggest and best lesson that Wesleyan is just how to like, um, what's the word? You know, move people. You guys are such beautiful people. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. What is something that you're proud of but never have an excuse to talk about? That's a good question. Hmm. Um, only because I don't boast a lot, but. I'm, I'm actually really proud of my skills in poetry, actually, and the development of my poetry. And I can shout out to Tooney, because <laughs> Tooney has definitely made me a better writer. And just taking like the simple step to take one of his classes changed my whole like poetry realm. And wow, yeah, I barely talk about it because I still don't feel like I'm that great of a poet, a poet, but I am proud of the steps I took to become a better writer. Dear listeners, Davida is an amazing poet. Do not believe what she is saying. Seconded. She's absolutely fantastic. They're lying. <laughs> <laughs> Kalen's not too shabby, too. Yeah, I'm all right. I write really <laughs> short poems, though. I got, like, horrible short-term memory, so 
once I stop, it's over. But I think for me, um, recently I picked up sewing. Um, so I, I learned how to like hand stitch as well as use the machine. So um, that's something I'm, I'm proud of because that was one of my goals that I wrote down for this year was to learn how to do and I did it within like the last two weeks. So next is the embroidery machine. And then I think I want to just start like trying to make pieces. So yeah, I never have anyone to talk to. Shout out to the Idea Center. Yeah, shout out to the good people in the Idea Center. <laughs> Did you go to that, like, the sewing workshop Yeah, thing? me and Nakia went. Shout out to the homie. Uh, we went about two weeks ago, learned how to do hand stitching, and then we went the following Monday, and we learned how to use the, the uh, machine. So we learned how to, like, load the bobbin and actually, like, work the machine and use the reverse and how to, you know, thread the needle on the machine it's a lot different from hand so um, there's yeah. a lot of steps yeah, yeah it's yeah. like six different steps on mm -hmm. how to thread a needle on the machine mm -hmm. so yeah it's pretty cool man kind of going back to the first part of this question how did you guys get into poetry in the first place that's a good question I don't know if I ever had like something that like brought me to it but I took an English class my eighth grade year actually and we had to write a poetry book. And I thought mine was really good, but it was really dark and sad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but that got me started writing poetry, and I thought writing poetry was actually very fun. So I started doing that more. But I just recently started doing more and more and more, taking more classes. So, yeah. Yeah, for me it was Loudmouth. Shout out to the good people who uh, put that together. Oh, John, yeah. you're Shout one of them. Shout out to Loudmouth. Uh, Johnny, Nettie, Lauren, Maya. Um, for me, my first poem that I ever wrote came after leaving Loudmouth and watching some of my friends perform. I was really inspired. So um, my first poem, I can't remember what it was about, but it was pretty cool. It was like, damn, I could do this too. Maybe not as good, but I can do it. Yes, so, you can. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I got into poetry in college. Like I didn't, I never really had any uh, outlet to express myself. So. It was a good way to like get what I was thinking out on page and just kind of look at it myself and see where my head was at. It's like, I might write every three months or so, but when I do, I feel like I, I have a reason to. I think Loudmouth was the same reason I got into it too, so really? yeah. yeah. Shout out, John. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Heck. So you guys mentioned it like when we came in and we're looking through the list and that was one of the first things you picked out was what are your opinions on cancel culture? Cancel culture is not real. That's how I feel about cancel culture. They only cancel stuff they want to. And even then when they cancel it, there's still someone out there like, I, they're canceled, but I'm still gonna listen to them. It doesn't make sense. Cancel culture is not real. They only cancel specific things and it has to be like over the edge. If they say one thing wrong, it's like, but you know, um, I still like them. No, no, if they're canceled, they're canceled. You have to go by that. Cancel culture is definitely stupid. Um, it's a whole bunch of examples of people who are canceled, but they still have successful careers. There's a whole bunch of people who've done things that would deem them to be, you know, canceled, but they still have jobs. Um, it, it doesn't work. I think people just want to have something to be outraged about, and because we have the internet and everybody has Wi-Fi, people think that their opinions matter. I'm not trying to be rude, but like if. 50,000 people say, yeah, this person's canceled. Like, in the grand scheme of things, that, that doesn't nothing. mean anything. That's minuscule. Um, 
And that's not going to stop the other three billion people in the world from supporting this person. So who cares? Like, if it's really bad, sure, I'm not going to listen to him. So, you know, Daniel Caesar, Sabrina Claudio, whoever else is calling. Uh, what's her name? Camila Cabello. All of the anti-black people. Yeah, nah. You won't get a listen from me. Do I just answer it? Yeah, if you, yeah, go ahead. All right, so I feel like the best album I've listened to recently is, it's called The Price of Tea in China. It's by Bodie James and The Alchemist. So, you know, super underground rap, very dark, drug-related, lots of violence. Um, if you're into that, it's really good. It's got some big uh, features on it. Benny the Butcher, Vince Staples. Um, trying to think, probably a few more. It's a short uh, album. It's like seven or eight songs, but yeah, man, if you're into that type of stuff, like rapidy rap, listen to it. And Give it a listen. Kaylin and I half met the Alchemist. Didn't yeah, you talk? Didn't you yeah. talk to him? Yeah, I took a picture with him. <laughs> yeah. We were in London. I took a picture with the Alchemist. Him and uh, Mayhem, Loren, Action Bronson, yeah. Big Body Best. They were in London uh, promoting Action Bronson's cookbook. Yeah. And we were thinking about skipping class to get the cookbook, but we didn't do it. We chickened out. We did. We came yeah. back around like six right? or seven. It was mm -hmm. pitch black. It smelled like weed everywhere. Yeah. And Action Bronson started passing out like duck sliders. <laughs> It was really good, man. Yeah. I got a picture with the Alchemist. Probably one of my favorite producers ever. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> the best album, I wouldn't say recently because I try to take my time to listen to albums, but my best album that I've listened to recently would be Summer Walker's um, Over It. I probably listened to it on repeat for days. Days. Very good album. I really liked it. That's my kind of music. Super sad. Cry all the time. Very good album. I don't want to hear it. I don't <laughs> hear it. <laughs> hearing, you listen, hearing that you listen to sad stuff just makes me want to hug you. <laughs> okay, I'm not she's sad emo. personally. I'm she's not. She's definitely I'm emo. Not she tries not. to pretend like she's not emo. She is emo. I'm not. <laughs> you I are just emo. personally like that type of music. That's my style. She's you like emo. to listen to drug music. I wait, wait, you're wait. Involved wait. With drugs. I don't listen to everything. I was cooking the like fusion jazz the other day. Anyways. <laughs> Let's be real. Anyways, I'll go to the best movie question. This is gonna be really funny, but I was recently yesterday just watching the Teen Titans Go versus Teen Titans movie. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I had to leave because I had class. Very good movie. I was stuck on the TV and I almost didn't go to class because I wanted to finish. I was stuck like this. Yeah, like that's if for you real. if you have any time, Cartoon Network, watch it. Yeah. I Very did not cool. know that was a movie. They yeah. just it just came yeah, out. It literally just came out. I oh loved my the gosh. Teen Titans as a kid. It is me too. Really good. Yeah. Definitely really good. Best cool. movie for me. I haven't seen it yet, but I want to go see it. Nineteen seventeen. Mm -hmm. Um Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was watching a lot of the, <laughs> yeah, the YouTube videos about like the, it's the crazy. continuous shot. It's crazy. And I was like, damn. Like I watched like five eleven minute videos about just how they shot the yeah. movie, not even the story. So um, like the cinematography aspect of it was something I'm interested in. So, and I like war movies, so yeah, definitely gonna check that out. That's probably gonna be the best movie I see. Drugs and war. Kaylin's <laughs> <laughs> intense. I'm not intense. I'm very calm. Very intense. I'm not. Don't lie to them. Mm, best show. I don't really watch TV that much. Recently, Ooh. I have no clue, but my best show to me would be, it's called, um, She's got to have it. 
It's on Netflix. It has two seasons. That's probably one of my favorite shows on Netflix. Mm. Very good show. It's okay. What's it about? <laughs> you a hater. So basically, um, the main character, her name is Nola. Um, and she basically just goes through her life. Um, she has three boyfriends. Uh, she's an artist. Um, and it just goes through her storyline and how she lives in New York. It talks about gentrification. It talks about a lot of like main issues going on. But it's very relatable. I personally like the show a lot. Unlike some people, I guess. Right, right. I didn't say I didn't like the show. Okay, what's your best show? (laughs) Um, For me, right now, it just came back, 10th season, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Um, Larry David is hilarious. So (laughs) he's one of the writers from Seinfeld. It's very dry humor. Like, I think of that ilk of show, it's the best to do that. But you won't watch The Office, though. It's, It's not the same level of funny to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think I think Curb is better than The Office as well. Yeah. Like, I don't think I've ever seen I, Curb. I, 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 I've, I've, I've tried to get them yeah. to watch it with me. They, you know, we start shows in our apartment. And it takes a while to Anyways, finish can we move to the next question, please? So, yeah, Curb. It's an curb. acquired. It's an acquired taste. It definitely it's is an acquired taste. Yeah. It's hilarious. <laughs> so I have some would you rather's for the gang here. Um, first one is going to be. Would you rather clone yourself every time you trip and fall or have to restart your life every time you see a celebrity in person? I would do restart your life every time you see a celebrity in person because I don't see pretty many celebrities that often. See, I don't... Do you have to be able to recognize a celebrity? Right. Because, like, I'm terrible at recognizing yeah. celebrities. Yeah, you have to be yeah. able to recognize them, I'd say. Okay, then, okay that so, one. Yeah. I don't think I'll, I've ever seen... I've seen, like, three celebrities. That's still same. three, though. But, like, one of them was in, like, the sixth grade. You know, so your life would and just if I had a chance to just yeah. like redo middle school, <laughs> that would have been instead then, of being bottom eyeliner girl, yeah. like <laughs> <laughs> that would have been nice. And I tr- I trip too much, so that means yeah. I would have a clone every right. two seconds. Right. I don't need Mr. that in my life. I don't need that in my life. So you don't <laughs> want so you don't want clones. No, that's scary. I feel like one clone though might be. See, yeah. I tri- but I trip too much to just have one. Why there would, would be like a, on average thirty of them a day. <laughs> yeah, you could be that you could be really if you knew it was gonna happen, you'd be like really careful though. Yeah. I know I trip and it's hard. You never know though. What if you're like killing it? You're like forty you're like forty. <laughs> <laughs> you're like forty, you're like super rich, like you got a great family, and then you just randomly see a celebrity and just starts over. I would just avoid all new, like, yeah. I'll Wait, be, so, so I does everything you ever had, like, a hand in also end, or, like, does just your life end? Just your life. You just start off. Damn. So your kids. Yeah, I feel like they would just Parents lose. Least? They would just lose you, yeah. Yeah, I don't want that one. Yeah. Yeah, you split the time. Lines. I think you gotta go. I think yeah. I would go to the clones. I'm going to clones. Like, <laughs> yes. That's my stuff. Literally, like, reincarnated as, like, a different human entire Right, right. Ooh. Do you start your life over as the same cycle? Or do you start as a new person altogether? Yeah. I'm gonna say new person. Do you remember your old life? No. So what's your answer? I'm on clone. What's I'm on answer? clone. Now I have to go to clone because I don't really want to start, but this is gonna be horrible because I'll have like thirty thousand clones. Yeah. <laughs> we broke Tara. No, I'm no, I'm still gonna go with celebrity one. I don't think. I don't, I just don't think it would happen. There have been multiple times. No, I, okay, I guess there's been twice. 
once I was at a really nice restaurant and people were like, hey, that's so-and-so over there. Like, look over there. And I was like, no. I'll just be no. like this. Yeah, you could just not look. Sure. Yeah. If you're always with, you just have to always be with someone and they could be like, there's a celebrity there. You cannot look. See? And then you're fine. Right. I was wearing sunglasses all the time or something. You, you still see out of sunglasses, That's does, true. Does host of Slightly Underwhelming count as a celebrity? No. <laughs> yeah, that, I am doesn't. not a celebrity. <laughs> That's like an athlete. Celebrity. Wait, so if you're a celebrity <laughs> and you look in the mirror every time, your life just restarts. That's horrible. <laughs> okay, let's move on. <laughs> that was a good one. Uh, would you rather every morning you wake up being born from a random woman? Or spend two hours a day listening to O.J. Simpson tell stories. I'm going O.J. Simpson. Yeah, I'm going O.J. Two hours. Did you write two hours? Yes. Yeah, he got an interesting life, man. (laughs) Yeah. Two hours every day. He's done some things. He has done some things. Yeah. He's lived. I think I would go with the O.J. Simpson. Just listening to people's stories is a lot, and he's been through and done a lot, so I think he would be cool. But like, like fifty years or like, I guess till he dies. So. But can this be like a like a podcast sort of thing where you put him True. on, like you right. just set him we on the couch this. and right. you just go clean? He, just, he talks wow. about and jail. now you make money. Nah, off I feel of like it. nah, I feel like you have to like, it's oh, let's listen. It's not converse. It's True. Mm. I should have said converse with Jesus for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I guess you could just like throw him on in the background. Yeah. That wouldn't be bad. Like an audio book. <laughs> make money off of him. Yeah. Exactly. Win win. Because, like, being born every day would suck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it looks different every time. Like, are you just a baby forever then? Or does, True. Like, I don't know. Body you get, have like, to be right. a baby every like day. <laughs> You'd have to be, You'd a, be baby. a baby. Yeah. Yeah. I have what? so many questions. on when you wrote this question. <laughs> <laughs> like, he was high, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you could destroy that poor woman if you were, Let's like, just say, nah. Let's just say, yeah. C-section. Yeah, C-section. I don't know. And can you remember no. this? Like the point is, born? it would only take it would only take like what fifteen minutes? How long does it take? How long do you? Nah, that's it. That's gonna take way longer than fifteen right. minutes. Nah, nah, nah. It's not the full like labor labor okay. situation. You just pop out. You just pop out. Like it's a five to nine human out of right. Like, sorry, yeah. no, that's not how that would go. And then do I look the same? Do I take their genetics? Let's just say hypothetically, it's fifteen minutes. Versus two hours of OJ every day. Bro, I'm still <laughs> listening to OJ. Yeah. <laughs> We've already decided we can make money off of OJ. Yeah. Like, yeah. So like, Let's start this podcast like, OJ. fall asleep and then wake up on, like, the other side of the globe to this random one and be like, well, I guess I'm stuck in, like, Turkey now. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, God, <laughs> yeah. I feel like you did not think the logistics of this whole <laughs> thing very well. I'm not Also thinking giving birth takes 15 minutes. <laughs> That's yeah. hilarious. And then how old is the woman? Because then she could die giving birth. Yes, you could be killing woman. people. True. You know how painful that is for a woman. Just like one day as a what woman, if you, you wake up born? and you're just like, oh my god, I'm going to labor for the six foot man. He's <laughs> <laughs> just like, I haven't been pregnant for twenty years. <laughs> it's like an eighty year old woman. So I uh, yeah, I studied abroad with Kaylin um, a couple years ago. Great time. Yeah, it was very cool, good time. Man. Um, and I think it was like one of our last nights we did like a round table where Kayla and just like went around the group and just told it, told us, told us how it was, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Had my tense wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah. He just like gave his honest opinions of us as people. And I yeah. thought it was cool and interesting and nice. Yeah. And the group collectively kind of wants to hear him do it again. So. Yeah. 
It's been. I, I feel like the last time I did that was then. <laughs> Damn. Was that like a thing you did regularly? No. Before? Oh, you just did it once. <laughs> yeah. We're ready. I just feel like I'm honest. Yeah. Who should I start with? Tara. Tara. She's the mm. most scared. Why are you scared? <laughs> I'm not going to be like, yeah, like, nah, I don't want no curse like that. This is my life. <laughs> this is just sit here and curse at me. Um, I would say Tara. I feel like, I feel like Tara is, Tara's cool. Um, I kind of like, I don't want to do y'all like this, but I'm going to do y'all like this. Like, remember we were in Saga and we came up with like, white people personalities yes and we came up with like five <laughs> to eight of them i feel like tara fits into the what was the i can't remember all of them was but it like quirky one of them was quirky i'll put tara in the quirky white people um like we came up with like jock quirky theater kids uh what was the rest of them i can't remember yeah. but you would probably fit perfectly in quirky but like more on the cool side, because if you get to know Tara, like Tara listens to a lot of different music. Tara's into like weird stuff, like pins, like me. Um, but like overall, I would say Tara's cool. Like I've never had a bad experience with Tara, um, and everybody that I've, I know here has never had a bad experience with Tara. So I feel like she's cool people. Thank Who's you. Next? I appreciate your like enthusiastic support yeah. the whole time. I'm going to just, just take my time because I'm in a more positive mind state than I was in 2017. So I'm just like hype everybody up. Who's next? You can go to John. John? Oh, me. Yeah. yeah. I fuck with John too. Like, John is, he's quirky. He's definitely quirky. That's why um, we get along. <laughs> I'm going to crack a joke on John. John is a really good poet, but like, John writes poetry like, how Eminem writes raps. No. <laughs> <laughs> like John, John throws like a whole bunch of like big words and like beautiful colors together. And he's like, damn, I don't know what he's talking about. This just sounds cool as hell. Like seriously, like go to Loudmouth, you'll hear him like, damn, like that was dope. But overall, I feel like John's a cool people. A cool people, wow college um <laughs> but like yeah like overall he's very outgoing he's adventurous like our study abroad program i feel like most of the time like if i ever wanted to go somewhere i knew like john would be down to go and it didn't matter what it was like what we were doing it could be in amsterdam john is ready to get up and go so like i really appreciate john for that like a lot of times you you meet people and everybody talks about doing things and want to do things and John's a doer. Be a doer. <laughs> you did this podcast. Yeah. Oh, shout yeah. out to you. He's doing a lot right now. Big stuff. Big Appreciate stuff, it. man. Who's next? Davida. Davida's cool too, man. Like, I feel like I've grown to know her a lot more over the years. So, um, very like selfless, very generous, um, for the people and by the people. Everything she does here, it benefits other people. I don't think there's one thing she does here that, like, really uplifts herself besides school. Um, yeah, and that's probably, like, for me, like, when I look at friends, those are, like, the top qualities I look for in people. Like, I'm not asking them for anything or, like, expecting anything from them. But if I feel like if I were to ask or, like, it's not even a money thing. Like, if I were just be like, yo, can I talk to you for a second? Like, I know she's going to say yeah. Or, like, if I was like, yo, I need to go home and my car is broke down, the reason's going to stop what she's doing and, like, make sure I'm good. So 
I really appreciate people like that, and she's one of those people. So, yeah, that holds a lot of value in my life. Yeah. Well, let's let's round table, Kayla, quickly. Damn. We have to honest opinion. Yeah. You're Kayla. trash. Yeah. Not that's, cool. that's cool. <laughs> I believe in me. I love so that. Warm. I love yes. that so much. Yeah. Yes. Got to. I also think Kaylin is very selfless and generous. Anybody, not anybody. Let me rephrase that. People he's close with can ask him for something, and anybody. It depends, but he will do whatever he says he will do. He's not gonna ever back out on anything if he said he was gonna do it. Um, he's just a great person in general, a great friend. If I've ever had a friend, great friend. Um, very involved, again, just like he said about me, he's very about the people. So if he wants this to get done, if he wants you to know about it, he's gonna tell you. And he's very honest, very blunt honest. Like, he's not gonna sugarcoat anything. He's gonna tell you like, no, that was horrible. Or yes, that was great. That was why this worked three years ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he definitely would do anything for his friends and the people that he's close with. And he actually cares a lot. So shout out to you. Thank you. China. So whenever I think of Kaylin, I think of Gulick, oh, freshman yeah, year. Because yeah. that's when I met you. And I thought that having Kaylin Gray and Jalen Blue in the <laughs> same room together was yeah, the coolest thing on the planet. <laughs> that was cool. amazing. Um. And, like, throughout the years here, you've been, like, one other steady person I can have in my econ classes that at least, like, one person I can talk to amidst, like, the sea of just mm-hmm. jocks. <laughs> True. Much. Yeah, because it's all business students. Yeah, and yeah. And they're all football players. So at least I know if I'm lost, I can at least turn to you and be like, do you, are you just <laughs> as lost as I am? Because who knows what's happening right now. That's and facts. I appreciate that. Even if you're quiet in class and I thought you really didn't like me for, like, <laughs> a while. Nah, that's not true. But I also appreciate that, like, whenever I'm talking, the, going along with, like, the honest, the real thing, I know that, mm-hmm. like, you're relaxed and real enough that, like, I'm always going to laugh. Like, you, like your dryness <laughs> always cracks me up, regardless of, like, what it is we're talking about. Whenever I go into a conversation with you, I know I'm going to laugh. Yeah, you can't do too much. You just got to be yourself. Mm-hmm. I feel like, going back to the earlier question, I'm not going to keep y'all here that long, but, like, that's something Wesley has taught me, too, is, like, just be yourself, and the people who accept you for who you are, like, you're going to have a good time in life. You don't have to be, you know, what you think people want you to be. So, for me, that's just being chill, being dry. Like, that's how I live. Yeah. I'm not going to be over the top. I'm not going to yell, scream. Mm-hmm. No. Everyone that's listening right now, I want to let you know that I went into ODI the other day, like last week sometime, and was like, hey, is anybody interested in doing a podcast? Like, I heard that maybe there was some interest and we were looking to get some guests or whatever. And, like, within five seconds... I think it was. Kayla and DeVito were like, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. So, like, with all y'all talking about how you do things for other people and you're selfish and you're real, thank you. If you missed it the first times we were talking about it, don't forget to head to the Unity Gala on February 29th in Hanson, 7 to midnight. And also, don't forget, head over to ODI, congratulate Hannah Maswani on her promotion, support their amazing events. I cannot stress to you how much greatness they bring to this campus. Special thanks to Kaylin and Davida for being first-time guests on Slightly Underwhelming. Slightly Underwhelming is hosted by me, Tara Wilson, produced by John Reccia, sound guy, Caleb Hansen. Our social media is from Annika Fuller, and we are written by Paige McLaughlin, Seth Morgan, Calvin Holliday, Leah Rosen, Luke Heinricher, and Eye Candy, Stephen Lee. Thanks. <laughs>